it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Business Beauty Network is now on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Biz Beauty Network. We plan to bring some awesome content along with bonus episodes and our weekly podcast episodes to the Biz Beauty Network YouTube channel. We hope to see you there. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. I am super, super excited to share today's episode with you. I have an awesome guest in store, but before we get into that, make sure that you are subscribed to the Business Beauty Network podcast wherever you're listening. And don't forget to share the podcast as well because sharing is caring. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave us a review there. It really helps other people to find us. Now that all of that is out of the way, I have an awesome guest in store for you today. I had a great interview with Jacqueline Oak of Cardon Skin. And um, as some of you may know, if you're in the beauty industry, January is like skincare month. So I will be talking to a couple of brand founders this month. But Jacqueline started Cardon with her co-founder, Naray Chong, and they have a phenomenal story. Unfortunately, Naray was unable to make the interview, but I did have a great interview with Jacqueline just learning more about Cardon. And we, I have been able to try some of the products. I have been enjoying the products and it's a men's skincare line. It comes in very nice packaging. I love the packaging. It's very sleek and masculine. I did give the uh, set to my husband and he's been using it and it's been working quite well for him. I think they have like a phenomenal story and I love how they, how she shares the journey to starting this brand. They're doing quite well. They have 13 products on the market now, and I'm pretty sure you're going to see, you know, even more from Cardon in the near future. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Here's a little bit of their bio. Growing up in Korea, Noray Chong saw firsthand the pride that Korean men took in their self-care. It was more than a routine. It was a way of life. After years working in in the Korean skincare industry, bringing the best ingredients and the most innovative formulas to men across Asia, Noray decided to come to the U.S. to attend Wharton Business School. There, she met her roommate, Jacqueline Oak, an expert in the retail startup space. Noray and Jacqueline noticed interest in men's self-care was growing momentum in the United States. But the high quality yet affordable options that are so popular in Korea were seriously lacking. The duo saw a chance to not only build a premium skincare brand that's simple and accessible, but also to change the outdated social norms around masculinity and self-care. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. We have an awesome guest today, Jacqueline Oak. Welcome, Jacqueline. Hi, Brandy. I'm so honored to be on this podcast. Thanks for having me. I am me. honored to have you. Super, super excited to talk about you and learn more, talk with you and learn more about your brand. But before we get into that, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Um, let's see. So I'm kind of shy about this, but I actually did skip two grades. And so I started college when I was 
12 and I graduated. No, that's not true. That would be like way too young. I started high school when I was 12. Um, and I started college when I was 16 and uh, graduated when I was 20. And my first job was actually an accountant at PwC. Um, so I've come a long way from my accounting days. Uh, most people are shocked when they find out that I used to be an accountant, uh, which, you know, I think is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, well, really that's known. interesting. There's nothing to be ashamed of. First of all, you must be really smart to skip a few grades. <laughs> you don't have to be ashamed there. And then, you know, accountants, I actually have a few uh, accountants that I know of. So also, well, thanks for sharing that. So tell us your beauty story. Like you have a skincare line um, and I know you have a partner, but how did you start your business? Like, you know, what made you decide to get into this industry? Yeah. Um, so my co-founder, her name is Nari Chung, and we met at business school at Wharton and true founder story. We were roommates. Um, so Nari's background is actually very deep in like grooming and skincare. And so she had worked at PNG in Asia, like predominantly in South Korea, as well as the Southeast Asia market. And so she worked at Gillette Olay SK2 and really understood like men's grooming as well as skincare. And she lived through the boom of men's skincare in South Korea and in Asia. And so when we met at business school, um, I think she like sort of already felt like there were early indicators in the US that like it was gonna be a big market here. Like you already see guys are like caring about their fashion, their hairstyling, their fragrance. And we felt like skincare was gonna be the next big frontier. But with the brands that already existed, it was already, it was very like separated. There was these like luxury department store brands, kind of like all like old school mentality, you know, very expensive. Um, and then there were the, you know, drugstore brands that don't really evoke excitement, you know, their quality is like questionable. Um, and so there was really this like white space where she felt like Korean skincare could dominate because Korean skincare is known for like really great R&D, high quality products at a low affordable price. Um, in addition, I think like there weren't really, a, there wasn't really a brand that addressed specifically like men's skin concerns as well as their mentality, like where they are in the skincare journey. And so our brand named Cardon is actually named after the largest cactus species um, because cactus is great for soothing, shaving irritation. Um, that's like a major like behavioral difference, I would say, between like female you know, routine and male routine. And so all of our skincare products have cactus extract in it. And we also approach product development very differently, you know, with a problem solution oriented like focus. And so I think it's not about like, okay, what is the best like what routine am I going to look for? They're like, I have dark circles. How am I going to solve it? You know? Mm -hmm. So she sort of had that like inkling already. Um, as her roommate, like my background, I kind of mentioned, I started off in accounting that went on to like finance. Um, I did work a lot in like e-commerce um, retail, but very complementary skill sets. So she knows branding, product development. I do like the finance, the operations. And most recently I'm, diving into like the creative side of things, which is fun. Um, and so she like, she asked me like, oh, do you, I have this idea. Do you want to be co-founders? I actually had said no initially because I was working on my own startup idea, very different. It was like a FinTech tool for like, you know, startups and in, um, in the retail space. 
And she could she, you know, she convinced me like, let's do a consumer focus group one weekend um, with some of our male classmates. So they came over, we had like beer pizza and we talked about skincare and going into it. I thought it was going to be like really uncomfortable and like kind of like pulling teeth and that they were like doing us a favor by doing this like consumer focus group. Mm -hmm. But in reality, like once you created that like safe space, there's so much interest. They had so many questions that like Nari couldn't even get a word in sometimes. (laughs) And I think, you know, we were recapping that that weekend focus group. And it was just so exciting to see like the mentality shift, you know, from I can't talk about moisturizer to like me asking several questions about like what kind of moisturizer to do for this or et cetera. Um, and so after that weekend, she was like, are you sure you don't want to be my co-founder? And I responded, I'm not sure that I don't want to be your co-founder. Um, and so that was the genesis of like how we started. Um, and we, we first like graduated and then we like did our own full-time jobs and did Cardon on the side. And then three years ago, we went full-time, two and a half years ago, we went full-time for it. And yeah, so it's been a great journey since then. Now, is now it's interesting. I think it was a smart move, but you don't hear a lot of people doing this, but you guys decided to do like a focus group with men to kind of get like feedback to see what some of their issues were. Was that, did the focus group, is, is that what helped you guys develop the line? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was the start of it, but, um, you know, Nari and I are not the target consumer. And so as a result, we put a lot of emphasis into making sure that we are objective and we can collect a lot of data, um, for what men want. And so all of our products like are in our customer experience are driven by, you know, their, we do several consumer focus groups. We have an online quiz as well to help you find your routine. And that surfaces up a lot of their skincare or hair care concerns, um, which informs how we develop our brand for them. Now, did you start out with the full line or was it just one product? How did you start the line? Yeah, we actually started with just one product and we started with the hardest product to make, which is a sunscreen uh, because sunscreen is an FDA regulated over the counter drug. Um, And the reason why we started with this product is one, sunscreen is the number one best thing you can do for your skin, of course. And number two, I think in the market, like it was a very clear gap where men understood that they wanted to use sunscreen to protect themselves, but the experience was just so poor. They associated it with like this greasy feeling like white residue, just like overall unpleasant, like a terrible smell. Um, and it was also a great way to highlight the power, I would say, of Korean uh, R&D. And so this like SPF moisturizer that we ended up developing actually took 18 months in development and testing. And we landed on this water-based formula um, that really like absorbs immediately, has no white residue. Um, and we were very fortunate that like, the month that Nari and I went full time for Cardon, um, you know, I had just like kind of like cold outreach to a bunch of emails for editors. One of them was this like GQ freelancer. And he, you know, I shipped him this product. He was in Berlin. This is like a $20 product. I think I spent $40 to ship it to him. And he featured it in GQ like the month that we went full time. So that was really exciting. Um, so we had just this one product in 2019, the SPF moisturizer. And then the following year, we kind of like filled out the line a little bit more 
with a face wash, a night moisturizer, and then we launched the Dark Circle Eye Rescue, um, which is an under eye roller and our best selling product. We have two sheet masks uh, as a Korean, you know, backed our a Korean science backed company. I think it's uh, mandatory that you have a sheet mask. So we have one for those who shave, which is like a full face. And then we have a half mask plus beard oil for those with a beard. Um, and then a couple more products, but now we're at 13. I think this year we launched into like hair care. And so that was very driven by like the consumer feedback. I think guys don't look at, you know, they don't look at skincare, hair care, body care separately. They look at like bathroom as one category. Mm-hmm. And so they were asking us to develop a hair care product to prevent hair loss. And so they like propelled us to kind of like expand qu- categories quicker. Um, and so we just launched this summer um, an SPF, sorry, we just launched the shampoo and conditioner that has ingredients that are like Korean FDA approved for uh, hair loss as well as like a body wash. Now it's interesting because I was reading a little bit and I know like in Korea, like men really take care of their skin and they're into the self-care and the skincare thing. I'm not saying that all Americans are not, but I can say that there are some differences here with, with men when it comes to skincare. And as a matter of fact, I worked in like the Sephora world some years ago. And what I realized at one point, I would say like maybe back like 2018, somewhere in there, it was like skin is skin, right? So in the US, it was like skin is skin. And they got, they did away with a lot of the male skincare lines. And I found that a lot of guys would come in and be like, where's like the men's section, you know? But they they had done away with it. And they would try to get us to explain to the men like skin is skin and all of these things. And now I would say fast forward a few years later, it seems like I, I'm seeing a lot of uh, American brands bring the skin, the men's skincare back to the market. So I know you're, you're, in, uh, you're in Korea, but I know you're selling cosmetics in America too. So what have you seen ha- as you have expanded this line and enter into the American market? How has that worked for you so far? And what's your yeah. take on it? So we make all of our products in Korea, but actually we sell only in the U.S. So we are a U.S. brand. Um, we're just like leveraging the Korean technology, you know, and, okay. and able to bring that here. I would say that you're you're absolutely right. I think like the beauty industry, let's say, kind of was like shifting towards unisex. But for the consumer, he's still looking for products that are tailored towards him, you know. And, you know, for us, it's not just about like, Oh, put in black packaging is the exact same thing, but we're really thoughtful about, you know, what are their concerns, you know, specifically around shaving irritation, um, but also ease of use because guys are starting a new habit and the best skincare routine I always say is one that you actually use. Um, and so like when we developed our eye stick, which is now like a bestseller, um, you know, guys were saying they hate kind of like sticking their finger into goop and then like (laughs) rubbing it on. Like that was already like a barrier, you know? So we created one that was a roller. It has like three stainless steel rollers so that this makes it super easy to use. Same thing for like our SPF moisturizer. We want it to be a two in one because you're not going to do sunscreen and moisturizer, you know, like combine it. Um, And I think like the, the consumer mentality for men is still that like they're looking for something tailored to them. So even though our products, you know, women can use as well, you know, like it's actually my complete skincare routine. Um, 
I, I think that like, it's great for those who specifically have um, like more sensitive skin or someone who's looking for a more minimalist routine. Understandable, understandable. I think that men definitely do want something for them. And I saw that when they made the shift and I'm like, I think this was a mistake. And now I'm starting to see more and more brands bring it back because um, I know sometimes some of these brands, it can be kind of a, a feminine, more feminine looking packaging and different things. And men may think it's not for them and all of those things. So I could see where the barrier could be, but I, I also love the fact that you have simplified some of the steps for men because I, I would wonder too, as a woman, like, is a man going to do all of these steps that I do <laughs> when it comes to my skincare routine? I know my husband probably is not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But adding something in, like something simple, and you, you cracked me up when um, you said sticking your finger in the goop because I could hear my husband saying just that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I like, I spent basically like, early days, you know, it was just Nari and myself who were packing all of the packages. We were, you know, like doing all the customer service. So like anything a guy has to say to complain about skincare, I've heard it, you know, like, yeah. oh, I really love your face wash, but I never use it. And I'm like, oh, actually, if you put it in the shower, like you'll more likely to use it. But like thinking about it, like on the sink as an extra step is like too much, you know? So like those little things are actually like game changers. Like I tell mm-hmm. people like, put your SPF next to your coffee machine because like when you're waiting for that coffee to be made, like just put it on, you know? So it's sort of like attaching it. But what we're seeing is actually like, once you start to get into the habit, you get really hooked. And so there, we used to do these like during COVID, like online consultations, just like Nari and myself with customers. Um, and people would start off with like, is it, I know that your packaging says like, you should wash your face morning and night, but if I'm working out, is it okay if I also wash it again, like after I work out, like these things that, you know, you think are pretty like innate or like simple, like they're really looking for, um, specific instructions, even like sunscreen, how much to use, you know, I say a nickel size, they're sending me a picture to be like, to confirm, is this like what you mean by a nickel size? You know, (laughs) they want to make sure they're doing it right. But, you know, fast forward a couple months, that same exact customer that was asking me about like, should they wash their face? Like, three times, is that okay? Was now asking me about salicylic acid and like, is that good? You know? So I think that their learning curve is there. The interest is there. It's just like that initial gateway. And that's also why I think having a men's specific brand, you have to communicate to him differently. You know, you can't just like assume like these things Mm -hmm. that we grew up with, you know, being a part of like, oh, I saw my mom or like my girlfriends talk about like these different moisturizers, you know, like they're like, what's a serum? Like, why do I need it? You know, like mm-hmm. what exactly does toner do? Um, and so it's, it's fun to be a part of their journey. This episode is sponsored by Sterling Hair Solutions. Attention salon owners and hairstylists. The Sterling dryer is the first and only dryer designed specifically for hair extensions. The Sterling Dryer cuts drying time in half by leaving your hair feeling soft and renewed. It's on wheels so you can quickly move it around your salon or suite. No more hand drying or hanging hair under the hooded dryer or even putting it in the microwave to process color. This dryer will dry your extensions evenly, it holds multiple bundles, and it has a color processing tray. It also sanitizes the extensions. You can learn more about the Sterling Dryer at Sterling 
HairSolutions.com. That's SterlingHairSolutions.com. More information will be in the show notes. Yeah, I can see that. So for your, you started off with sunscreen, you were saying, and I know um, you had rapid growth within your first year. And I want to uh, want you to kind of share, like, uh, what do you think really contributed to your rapid growth? You've only been out since like 2019, it's 2022, and you're, you've expanded to 13 products. So kind of share some of the journey and what do you think has contributed to you, um, you know, having such rapid growth in your first year of business? I think for us, like number one, like product quality has to be great. You know, we have a really strong repeat rate and that's all like Nare, you know, she develops all of her products. Her like threshold is like so high. Like for me, I'm, I'm like our consumer, you know, I'm like, oh, it smells good. It feels good. You know, you know, but she's like, what's the absorption rate? What's the efficacy, you know? And so we have a really high repeat rate, which I think helps sustain our business. Um, but on top of that, I think we're really thoughtful about our product expansion. We don't launch anything unless we know it's going to be better than what the customer currently uses. And so we have a group of like Cardon insiders, um, just like loyal customers that we've like worked with over the years and we'll test new products with them. And if they, you know, like a, a good thing is like a good example is sort of like, you know, in the female space, mineral sunscreen is like really, really big. And there's like a shift away from chemical sunscreen. But in the men's space, they're all about like how it feels, you know, and mineral sunscreen still leaves a white cast or just feels like it's on your skin. And so we developed a pretty advanced mineral sunscreen formula, but, you know, our customers didn't, wouldn't switch from our current formula to that. You know, they're like, this works for me. And like, like I said, the best like protection is one that you actually use. Um, and so they're an integral part of like making sure that we launch like products that will be successful. But, you know, like in hindsight, if you look at the graph of our sales, yes, it's like, oh, upwards and like to the right. But if you like zoom in, business is never like that. You know, it's like, you got your highs, you got your lows. We launched our brand 20, like we launched a new website, new products, 2020. That was like our real, like brand moment launch. You know, I just convinced Nari to move from San Francisco to New York. Um, I got us like a lovely, like we work office. And then I didn't see her four months later uh, because of COVID, you know? And so wow, I think like yeah. we had to like adapt uh, very quickly. Um, but I think like really leaning into like what the customer wants makes has like made us successful. Like when we launched the iStick that basically doubled our business, you know, in a matter of like two months. Um, and that's because it was a product that they had been asking for, you know, and then similarly, when we launched into hair care, uh, you know, hair thinning is a big concern for men. And so for us to, you know, launch something where you can see results in as soon as like six weeks, you know, it's not, it's not like prescription where it's about like, okay, you, you're really actively trying for like rapid regrowth. Uh, but like with everything in Korean skincare, it's about like long-term usage to like, you know, prolong what you have. Mm -hmm. So what did, what did you do when you hit the market? Like you put this website out, like how did you promote it? How did you grow it so rapidly? Give me some, th some things you did when you guys started out. And we just hustled. So yeah, we launched this like new website. We reached out to, you know, 
I mean, it was so hacky, but I love it. I just like scanned a bunch of like articles, like roundups that I felt like, oh, Cardano would be a good fit for. I like somehow stalked my way into like getting editors, you know, like email addresses, or sometimes I would just like guess what it would be. Like, you know, I would like, really? Yeah. Like it was crazy. Like I would, I would see someone's email and I would like know the format was like first letter dot last name or something. And then I would just do these like cold outreach emails. That's how we actually ended up getting like GQ. Um, but I would say like those early days, you know, just like hustling to get any sort of exposure before like COVID lockdown in March, you know, I, I would do all these like offline events that were really fun. Like at WeWork, I would do like a champagne popsicle to celebrate summer and like highlight our SPF, you know? Um, so early days, it was just about like hustling to see like what worked, you know? I think then like every step of the way, it's all about like finding the right moment, you know? So like we would start running like Facebook ads, you know, testing with really small scale budget, like maybe only like $50 a day, but you could get like early indicators of like, okay, this kind of creative messaging has like a higher click-through rate. And I think growing a business isn't necessarily about like constantly pushing, but it's about like giving yourself the opportunity to learn. And like, even if something failed, at least you learned that didn't work, you know? But then when you do find something that works, like it's about pouring gas, like into those moments, you know? And so I, th I think for us, um, that's that was like a big part of it. It's like, hustling to to figure out what is working and then once you unlock it like just go ham <laughs> we just keep repeating it right and i think sometimes you know it sounds simple but sometimes i talk to entrepreneurs all the time and that's like that missing piece like once once something is working take a look and see what's working document it and repeat that you know <laughs> yeah right yeah, exactly exactly um, right I think like also there is definitely a component of like you could be doing everything right, but it's about timing. I think we got lucky with like kind of oddly enough, like with COVID because guys were home more, they were looking at themselves on Zoom more and they were thinking more about their skin, you know, so we were able to kind of like capitalize on that time period, you know, um, and like lean into how to talk about like self-care and what the self-care look like at home when you know, basically the lines of like home and work are just all blurred together. Mm -hmm. Now you were able to create a lot of repeat business. What do you think contributed to that? Um, so we do have a really strong subscription business. Um, so we have subscription in multiple ways. You can sign up for just like the one product that you love. You can sign up for a set. Um, and we also have like different trials that you can use. Uh, but I think the subscription business works well for our consumer because they're looking for something that works. And then once they found it, they want to just like set it and forget it, you know? And so they're, they're, it's not like pleasant to go through the discovery process again. You know, it's like painful you guys tell me going to Sephora is like walking to Victoria's secret, you know, <laughs> um, they're really intimidated. And so they like that. Like, okay, I just take this quiz. It tells me what I need. Um, our customer service is like top notch. We're like constantly like at five stars. And so like, if at any point you have a question, it doesn't even have to be about our product. It could just be about skin or anything. You know, we're there to like help you. Super easy to customize your subscription, but that's definitely been a big part in like helping us build our repeat business and, you know, hone in on our loyalty. Now, how did you go about funding this business? Was that hard for you? Yeah, so I think we 
we launched our first product just bootstrapped. Like Nara and I put in our own savings and we had some like grants from um, Wharton Innovation Fund, which like, you know, I think maybe we got like 5K from them, but that 5K really went a long way. Built our first website. It like helped us go through our like FDA testing that was needed for the sunscreen. And we just really like, you know, hustled our way. Um, and then we did raise like a friends and family round. Um, but let me see. I think over a year ago, we raised our first like real round, like our seed round. Um, and we raised from actually Korean uh, investors. I think the, the thought process was that like potentially Korean investors would take longer because it's like a US market. They, you know, might not be as familiar. And so Nari flew out there to like start off the, the process. And that was like towards the end of, let me say 2020. And then she ended up like getting a term sheet within five days, I think. Oh, wow. And yeah, insane. And then I went to sleep because like, and then she was working because of the time zone difference. And I woke up and she had a second term sheet. So I was like, oh, wow, that was the most productive sleep I've ever had. <laughs> it was on me. Um, but yeah, there was like a lot of interest because I think they've seen how big men's skincare can be. And also they're really excited about like us building a brand here. They like, they understand like the product quality is so much higher. And th- I think they were excited about the, the brand that we're building. Um, so yeah, we, that was our last round of funding. Um, yeah. So, okay. Was it hard? I guess like, I guess, but I think like of all the things, you know, like Nari had a very, you know, easy time, but I would say like still that process, even though it was like as smooth as possible, you know, then you go into like the negotiation phase for like valuation. You think about like, who are you going to take on as an investor? Like even like, you know, it's, it's kind of like, first world problems or like, you know, but figuring out like we were oversubscribed. So how much to take, uh, you know, but that was like a different world. I think funding, fundraising now is very different for like direct to consumer, um, especially, you know, as we like enter potentially or like a recession. Um, so I think also what we're seeing now with like investors, cause it's always good to like keep a pulse on like what they're looking at is actually quite aligned with like how we run our business. So I think back in 2018 prior, you know, everyone was about like, just pour money into Facebook and like get the growth, you know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You'll get the LTV. And I think like slowly over the last like five years, we're seeing the shift that like, you need to build a sustainable brand, you know, mm-hmm. cause like Facebook is very volatile if you're so dependent on one channel. And so like for this year, actually, we've been really focused on how do we get the health of our business better? So how do we improve our margins? How do we reduce burn? How can we find efficiency? And it's not just about like chasing the top line. Like we're we're lucky that we're still able to grow, you know, year over year, but we've, we've also like cut our marketing significantly and to be able to still like grow without having to like pour the same amount into marketing like makes Mm -hmm. us feel good about like where we're heading to the future. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, and once you've done a considerable amount of marketing and, um, and you have a customer base, you can sometimes scale back a little bit at that time because you kind of, you know, you never stop promoting or marketing your brand, but you can scale back unless you're like, unless you have a promotion or you're pushing something specifically at that time. So, yeah, so I could see that for sure. 
Well, you, uh, definitely uh, kudos to you ladies, because, you know, for a short time to uh, to have a, you know, a six figure com- company within like your first year. And, you know, and um, you, you didn't really go into numbers, but I was reading some stuff that was said, like you guys raised like millions. <laughs> so, <laughs> OK, so with, with the fundraising, you know, three point five million to be exact. So I just wanted to bring that up because you kind of brushed over it. But that is phenomenal. So do you have any what are your plans to like expand this brand? Are you looking to get into any like the big box stores soon, like Sephora, Alta, things of that nature? Like what's what's next for you guys with Cardon? Yeah, I think uh, more product expansion is on the horizon um, focused heavily on like problem solution oriented, but I have to get the okay from Nare before I'm able to like share anything. Uh, um, but we're also, we are looking at becoming omni-channel and focused on retailers. I think the thing there is, you know, I don't, I don't think necessarily retailers have created the kind of experience that men or like skincare novices are looking for. So like Sephora, does allow for more like discovery, you know, but like I said, I think there's still that like, you know, intimidation for a guy to walk in there, you know, like he is at like a target, you know, but for target, you don't really have that like exploration or discovery process. And so I think that like, we're wanting to make sure it's like the right time, the right partner, um, where we can still like give that card on experience, um, even through retailers. And also that like, we, we back that channel correctly. Cause I think a lot of brands, they just rush to get in. And then it's a lot of maintenance, you know, like Nari used to work at Walmart. Um, and so she's very familiar with like, and also as at PNG, you know, she was in like a lot of, uh, big box retailers. And so it's important that we like, are at a point where we're ready to support that. Um, but actually what I'm really excited about for 2023 is we're leaning heavily into content. I think that there's like a great moment where we can make skincare fun and sexy. It's not something that like guys think about all the time, but like, how do we bring it into the conversation? How do we help educate you? Like kind of that, that like small scale story of like that one-on-one experience that I had with the customer three months later, you know, he's like so into skincare. And so like, let's be a part of that journey. How do we make it on like a more mass scale? Um, and so we're looking to like different partnerships um, with great content creators and how can we sort of like spread that message? Awesome. Awesome. I think that's a, a interesting direction to go in, but I can see it benefiting because I know more and more now it's all about like building a community around like the products and um, creating content. And I I think that's a great way to draw in your end consumer, especially if it's targeted to your, you know, your target client. So I definitely can see that being beneficial for sure. So tell us like, what are you like your best sellers? Now you have 13 SKUs. I know you started off with the sunscreen, but what are you like your top five sellers right now? Um, So the SPF and the dark circle eye rescue, I would say are like neck and neck in terms of being like bestsellers. Um, and then the two other ones will probably like round out the routine, which is our clay cleanser. Um, this one actually has the highest repeat rate and is Nari's favorite. And then we have this like hydro boost gel moisturizer, which is like used at nighttime. It's a gel. And so that's like very lightweight, not like a heavy cream. Um, Outside of those, I think we just launched the hair care, but that's like fast growing. 
Um, so I think that's also really strong. And then during the holidays, our sheet masks are uh, like great sort of like stocking stuffer items. Okay, and like, so tell everybody how they can uh, find the products and everything. Okay, so check us out on our website, cardonskin.com, which is C-A-R-D-O-N skin.com. We're also available on Amazon. Um, and if you're not sure where to start, you can take our skincare quiz and we'll help you out. Awesome. So I'll make sure I have all of that information in the show notes. Well, Jacqueline, it's been like really great learning more about Cardon and how you started this brand with um, Naray. And um, it's just very interesting. And I can see um, the need and the benefits of, you know, such a brand. And by the way, thank you for saying the package. I love the, the packaging. I gave it to my husband and I've been getting him more into skincare. So, so far, so good. Don't <laughs> and be afraid I'm, to steal it as well. <laughs> you said I have to steal it as well. I said, don't be afraid to steal it as well. <laughs> okay, okay. I have to try it out. It works for women as well. <laughs> yeah, I have my it. own routine though, okay. but I want him to get into one, but I love the packaging of the way it looks. And I, and I think a subscription thing for men is probably easy, you know, so I can really see that working too. But um, if uh, I'll make sure I have all of the links and everything in the show notes. Did you have anything else you want to share with us about your brand or anything else? Um, I'd say if you're looking for like the best deal on our website, we have 30% off your first set subscription. Um, but we make it really easy to manage so you can cancel anytime, but yeah, that, I would say that's the only thing it's been so great to be on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on oh, with Jacqueline Oak, everybody, cardonskin.com. Make sure you check them out as always stay great and we're out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you. So let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.